high-level achievers have one thing in common. They all set goals. That's because when you have a lifetime objective, you can prioritize your time and resources to make the most out of life. The challenge, of course, is determining what you want to achieve in life, because to run in every direction is to go nowhere. But while choosing a life goal is not easy for anyone, is it any different for Christ followers? If you have ever wondered what your life's purpose is and why it's so important, then listen in as Kent Edwards, Vicki Hitzkiss, and Nathan Norman learn the importance and relevance of living a goal-oriented life in Philippians chapter 3, verse 12 to chapter 4, verse 1. Welcome to Crosstalk, a Christian podcast whose goal is for us to encourage each other to not only increase our knowledge of the Bible, but to take the next step beyond information into transformation. Our goal is to bring the Bible to life, into all our lives. I'm Brian French. Today, Dr. Kent Edwards, Vicki Hitzkiss, and Nathan Norman continue their discussion through the book of Philippians. If you have a Bible handy, turn to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12, to chapter 4, verse 1, as we join their discussion. When we're children, I think our parents tend to set goals for us. Nathan, Vicki, when you were young, did your parents do that for you? My mother was a piano teacher, and she had high hopes that I would <laughs> learn to play the piano. They were dashed. Just, I, I, re, I remember my father saying to me, you will regret this when you get older, not practicing. And i got to tell you, I don't regret it at all. <laughs> and, and I would love to play. He was right about that. I would love to play, but I don't have any talent and I don't have the temperament to sit there and practice every day. <laughs> oh, Vicki, that brings back memories. I, I have no ability in music. You just you just have to know that. I at church when everyone is clapping along, I don't know when to clap. Oh so, no. So when the worship leader starts clapping, I can imitate them. I'll clap when they clap, but if they start playing the guitar, <laughs> I'm dead. I was so bad when I had to take piano lessons. That was one of my parents' goals for me. Um, I hated it so much that one time I actually played, tried to practice for about 10 minutes, recorded it on a tape recorder and then played the tape well, so they would think I was practicing when I wasn't. I got oh, caught. But... <laughs> that was one of my goals. Well, oh, I dashed my parents' goals in that too. Yeah, normal goals that parents have would be like, hey, good grades. We want you to be kind. We want you to be generous to others, you know, and loving and forgiving, those kinds of things. So when did you start setting your own goals? I, you know, it's when all the adults start asking you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then you're like, oh, I, I didn't think about that. Okay, I'm going to be a hockey player. I'm going to be a cop. I, I want to be a stunt driver, right? <laughs> so often our experience with goals begin with parents setting. And then when we begin to, to toss around thinking of various options. But when do you start wrestling with your life goal? the main thing you want to accomplish in life. When does that happen? I think it's once you start and gotten a little bit of experience under your belt, right? You go to college or you start working and you think you're good at one thing and they go, like, I might be good at that, but I don't like it. And you just start 
I don't know, floundering around <laughs> experiencing things <laughs> and, and you understand what you're good at, what your gifts are and what you enjoy doing. I think most of society wrestles with goals in, in somewhat similar ways. I think most people ask themselves, uh, how can I get a good paying job? Because I want to go, I guess, how else can I get a car or a house? Or People begin to ask questions, how can I get a good life partner? How can I retire young and then spend the rest of my days on a golf course? But what's the common thread in all those questions that pe many people ask themselves? Well, those strike me as selfish goals. Yeah. Not, not that I haven't asked every single one of them with the exception of golf. <laughs> and, and retiring young, that doesn't necessarily appeal to me. But um, I've started to ask at this age, which I don't plan to share, what, 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 can, what can I do to make my life count? Because mm. it, even though I used to hear my parents and my grandparents talk about how swiftly life goes, by golly, it does. It does. And I realize my life is going to end soon and I want something to show for it. For the listeners, not that soon. Vicki is relatively young. <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be Maven. on the show for a long time. Thank you, Maven. <laughs> no, but that's a great distinction you're making, Vicki, because that's the difference between when someone who doesn't know the Lord is thinking about their goals and when someone who is oriented towards the Lord thinks about their goals. That's important. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you receive from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Now, the listeners will remind me, of course, that that's talking about one's sexual life. But the fact is, is that in every context, we need to realize as Christians that we were bought by the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We're not our own. That's why Paul can say in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11, It says, In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works everything at, in conformity with the purpose of his will, for the praise of his glory. Hmm. So we were chosen by him, according to his plan for the praise of his glory. <laughs> Sounds like our Reformed friends are right when they say man's chief end is to what? Glorify, Glorify God, God and enjoy yeah. him forever. And we can do that by joining with God's work in the world, by making a meaningful contribution to God's work in building his kingdom here on earth. And again, as Paul said in Ephesians 2 verse 10, says, we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Wow. So God chose us and he chose us for a purpose. He created us in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. That's an enormous privilege, isn't it? It is. It is. It's, it's both honoring and terrifying. <laughs> right? Because some, some of us just want to skate by. Sure. So the Christian life is not passive. Yeah. The Christian life is not sitting back and thanking God for all that he's done. We do that 
But at the same time, he says, but you are co-laborers in my work in the world. I am working in this world, and I have called you to join me in the work in the world. And you need to accomplish the agenda that I have set for your life. Terrifying. How am I supposed to do the work of God? But there is grace that he has given us to enable us to accomplish these works. How has God enabled us to do the work, the good work that he's made us to do? Well, he's given us tools. He says in 1 Corinthians 12, Now about the gifts of the spirits, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. There are different kinds of gifts. To each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Hmm. So, God has called us and created us in order to accomplish specific good works that he's prepared for us to do in advance, right? Yes. Right. And he's empowered us by his spirit with the ability to do that, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So there's a link between the gifts that we have been given and the goals that he has for us, correct? That would make sense. Yeah. Okay. So if God gifts you with a shovel, his goal for your life is not knitting. <laughs> okay. um, God did not give me musical gifts. I've already confessed that. So I don't think he wants me to be a worship leader. You don't want me to be a worship leader. And whenever True. I get some email that says, you know, this is a job that might be for you. They're looking for a worship leader. I'm going, dude, your algorithm is all wrong. Um, yeah, the question is, who doesn't want Kent to be a worship leader more, God or us? <laughs> well, I think we're all in complete agreement. So your gift is a clue to your goal, right? Mm. If you can figure out what your gift is, that's a long way going to what God's goal for your life is. What was the Apostle Paul's gift? What, what did he do so well in his life? He proclaimed the gospel of Jesus Christ. Hmm. He was an evangelist and a church planter, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that, that's what he did well. And what goal did Jesus give Paul? Ah, I found this so fascinating. In Acts 9.15, we get a glimpse, because this is God speaking directly to Ananias. Remember, in Acts 9, Paul had just been saved, and uh, he was sent to meet Ananias, and God said to Ananias something that, was, that clearly revealed God's purpose for his life. Vicki, do you want to read this for us? Sure. Was he talking about Paul or Ananias here? He's talking about Paul, but the Lord said to Ananias about Paul. Okay. He said, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. So what was God's purpose for Paul? To proclaim, to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and to their kings and to the people of Israel. Did he do that? Oh, yes, he did, and he suffered a lot, too. <laughs> so God gave him that specific gift that linked with the goal for his life. Whew. Okay, Nathan, Vicki, how has God gifted you? And how does that gift relate to your life goal? I think I have the gift of evangelism. Mm -hmm. And how has that shaped your life? I've shared the gospel with a number of people. And by God's grace, they've come to know the Lord. 
sometimes I'm afraid to do it, and sometimes I do it anyway. One of my friends who's amazingly gifted prays something that Paul prayed. He prays for opportunities and for the right words. Mm-hmm. I think I think you have a great ability to Vicky to to speak with love and compassion, but with a directness and a clarity that is helpful for people to get the point of what you're saying. And, I hope so. I mean, not just professionally as you're a motivational speaker, but in your one-on-one -on -one conversations, you do speak the truth winsomely and uh, with a refreshing honesty. And I can see that very helpful in sharing the gospel with others. You wrote me that yesterday. I thought that was so kind of you, rather than to use the word blunt. <laughs> <laughs> it really is incredible when Vicky disagrees with you on something. You feel good about it. It's really, it's it's quite the gift. You're like, man, I, I'm I've been built up with Vicky's disagreement. <laughs> you know? Well, I know that everybody feels that As way. You told me I'm wrong, and I enjoy it. You know, you think about one of those gifts that Paul mentions is the gift of administration. And I remember being a young man looking at that like, Psh, lame, you know, <laughs> who, who wants that gift? But really, you know, working in organizations over the years and with organizations and partnering with them, uh, you can, I can tell instantly now who has someone within their organization who has the gift of administration and who does not. Yep. And who does and, not. Oh, my goodness. You know, I, at the church I serve in, uh, we have a number of people who have the gift of administration, but one of them, uh, Carrie, I mean, she serves so well and we function so well and she doesn't want any accolades. She doesn't want to be upfront, but we would not be able to do what we do unless there was someone mm -hmm. behind the scenes just moving things the way she does so efficiently. And if we have a question about anything, it's immediately available. Yeah. Uh, it's such a gift from God. Well, that's a, uh, yeah, I find the same thing in, at home. My wife, Nola, is enormously gifted with administration and details. Um, the reason she's in charge of operations for Crosstalk is because I can't. I can think about big picture. I love to preach and teach and help others do that. But, but in terms of making everything work, travel arrangements and hotel arrangements and finances and websites and tech support for everyone around the world, Ben, I couldn't do, Crosstalk could not be what it is without Nola. I mean, that's just, that's just her gift. That's it. Finding out what your gift is and then sharpening that into a life goal, I think is really critical. Uh, Vicki, your father, Haddon Robinson, emphasized the importance of finding the big idea of a biblical passage. That changed my preaching. Mm. But I extended that to saying, what is the big idea of my life? And answering that question, has been enormously helpful for me. Yes, as we've already seen, uh, every Christian's goal is to glorify God, right? But the question is not, will we glorify God, but how can we best glorify God? So when I finally came up with my big idea, that my goal in life was to change people's lives with the Word of God and help others do the same, my goal in life is to preach well and, and help others preach well. When I knew that, that gave me direction, that gave my life purpose, 
It meant I could easily say yes or no to opportunities. Um, so if someone said, would you like to be dean of my school? I could say no very quickly. <laughs> I do not want to be an administrative wonk. That's, that's, that's not wrong to be an administrative wonk. We need administrative wonks. But you don't want me to try and be an administrative person any more than you want me to be a worship leader. Yeah, you don't want that. But it did lead me to start Crosstalk Global, to try and solve the world, what I call the world's 5% problem, that only 5% of all Christian leaders that were on the world uh, have had any training. Because now I could, because of Crosstalk, I can help equip people to effectively understand and communicate God's word to the people he's called them to minister to. That helped me fine tune my education. It meant that when uh, I had opportunity to seek my own educational path, I got uh, my first doctorate from Denver Seminary in preaching because that's what I knew God wanted me to do. I didn't want anything else because I wanted to hone the gift that God had given me. And before I started Crosstalk, I got a PhD in intercultural education because now I had to work with people in different cultures. No, that totally changed my life because I knew for certain what God's goal for my life was. And Paul is calling the Christians in Philippi to follow his example of discovering and following his God-given life goal. Look at what he says in Philippians chapter 3, starting in verse 12. Not that I have already obtained all this or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Hmm. So he has never fully achieved his goal. But he's straining to press on towards the goal uh, that God has for him. Paul is goal-oriented. He's been called to share the gospel and plant churches, and he will do that with every ounce of strength and year that God gives him. Every Christian is gifted to serve the Lord. So identifying your life goal is critical. How can our listeners do that? I'm sure there are people listening today that are saying, yeah, that's great for you guys, but how do I find out my gift and therefore know what goal God has for my life? I think the church is a great place for that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, it's not going to be all-encompassing and different churches have different emphasis, but you have opportunities to serve. So serve for a bit in children's ministry, serve for a bit with the youth, serve for a bit with their uh, hospitality team, with uh, with a greeting team, with the whatever administrative teams that they have, or uh, in the tech team, right? Mm -hmm. Serve when the church is doing outreach and evangelism and see where you are uh, just totally drained and outside of your element, see where you are encouraged and where you actually found, hey, I, I I could do this, or I'm intrigued. I didn't do that well, but I think I could. And then also, you know, especially it doesn't matter what age you are, but it's kind of like what I said earlier, you know, you're, you're at this point <laughs> in your twenties where you're trying to survive, not maybe, you know, day-to-day -day meals things, but you're trying to figure out where your place is. And it's kind of like that in your life, no matter how old you are, if you haven't quite figured that out yet, just, 
just try a bunch of things and see what's working. Yeah. You'll never know what your gifts are unless you experiment. Take a risk. Try something. The results may surprise you. But if you're only willing to do what you think you'll succeed in, you'll never be surprised by how God may have made you. Yeah. Take a risk. Get out of your comfort zone. People, as you've said, will give you feedback. <laughs> People will tell me, can't, you can't sing. That's not, that's not what God has called you to do. And um, Nathan, if you're uh, trying to be a full-time administrator, you'll probably find yourself exhausted. You'll find yourself weary if you tried to do that. Oh yeah, um, well, I, I I know I don't and you have procrastinate. that gift. Right, right. And I've when I've had to do some number crunching, it's like, all right, this this project took me all day, and then I'll go to Carrie, uh, one of our administrators, and I'll say, hey, uh, can you check my stuff here? And I'll give her the whole story, and then she comes back to me in like ten minutes, is like, yeah, this is good, or no, you got it wrong here. Like, are you kidding me? This was a really? full day project yeah. for me, and you took it in ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Negative confirmation from the Lord there. Uh, right, but then uh, hospitality, some struggle with that. Others others just thrive in hospitality. And I, I think that's a gift that uh, the church doesn't appreciate enough of caring for others and building community within the church uh, and over a meal, right? It doesn't have to be a program. It doesn't have to be a, uh, well, we're going we're gonna to study this systematic theology book. That's fine. But sometimes discipleship just happens over a good cup of coffee. Yeah. This unrelenting, unending, single-minded pursuit of God's purpose for our lives is important because of what we accomplish for Christ and his church, but also for our personal uh, spiritual lives. When we choose to live our lives for our Savior, that reveals who we are. I mean, look at what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3, verses 18 and 19. He says, I tell you with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is set on earthly things. Isn't that, isn't that scary? Mm. Paul is saying that if our life goals are selfish, if we want what we want for our benefit, that means their destiny is destruction. If your God is your stomach, their mind is set on earthly things, they're not walking with Christ. You gain the whole world and lose your soul. <sighs> I mean, Jesus said in Luke chapter 14, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father, mother, children, brothers, he cannot be my disciple. Unless we put him and his work first, we are not a follower of Jesus Christ. That's revealing. That means we have to take stock of our life. But if our overarching goal is for God's will to be done on, on earth as it is in heaven, then, as Paul says, starting in verse 20, our citizenship is where? In heaven. And it says we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables him to bring everything under his control, will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like his glorious body. Hmm. The goal of every Christian 
is to love our Savior so deeply that we give our lives completely to him. The more that we love him, the more that we want to work with him in his work here in the world. That our goal becomes to glorify him and use the gifts he has given us to advance his kingdom and his work in the world. To really walk with Christ is to have an eternal perspective on life. And can I say just a special word to pastors and church leaders who may be listening? I would encourage you to follow Paul's example in this passage. Paul does not just tell the Philippian Christians to use their gifts that God has given them to accomplish God's goal for their lives. He demonstrates it. He says, follow my example. Pastors, the best way to encourage those we lead to adopt an eternal perspective in life is to live one. It's to say, follow me as I follow Christ. As we do, we accomplish God's goal in this life. And as we do that, we prepare ourselves for an eternity with the Savior who loves us. How can we remain faithful when life is turbulent? And how can we help other believers when they feel life is hard? By encouraging them to discover what their life's goal is and then stay focused on serving the Lord with their gifts, no matter the circumstances. I trust that today's discussion of God's word has been helpful and served as an encouragement to not just be hearers of the word, but doers. Together, let's bring God's word to life, to our lives this week. The Crosstalk Podcast is a production of Crosstalk Global, equipping biblical communicators so every culture hears God's voice. To find out more about this educational nonprofit organization, please visit www.crosstalkglobal.org. You can also support this show by rating it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're enjoying it. Be sure to listen next Friday as we take a break from our discussion of Philippians and hear a first-person sermon from Dr. Luke. You won't want to miss it. <laughs>